Hello and welcome to the Enter the Bible podcast where you can get answers or at least reflections on everything you wanted to know about the Bible but were afraid to ask. I'm Katherine Schifferdecker. And I'm Katie Langston. And today on the podcast, we have a very special guest returning with us. This is Craig Kester, a professor emeritus of New Testament at Luther Seminary and a wonderful scholar and human uh, and um, working on a brilliant book about John, I understand. So that's very exciting. Welcome, um, Craig. Thanks for joining us uh, again. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Good to be here. Uh, today we are answering another listener question that came in on the website uh, at enterthebible.org, and you can submit your own question. Go to the website, click on the Ask a Question link, and fill in the form, and we try to get to as many of these as we can uh, on the podcast. But this is maybe my favorite question that's ever come in. I'm not sure, but I love it. <laughs> There's so much here. So here we go. Uh, the question is as follows. I have a friend who thinks the rapture is coming soon and has started giving away possessions that she's worried will be embarrassing if her family members see it after she's taken up. I don't know how to talk to her about it. What does the Bible say about the rapture? And before we get into what the Bible says about the rapture, I just really like two implications in this question. One is that she has embarrassing possessions and two, her family in her mind is for sure being left behind. <laughs> so she's going to be raptured, but her family yeah. will be yeah, left behind. Exactly. It's like, there, yeah. I've given away my, like, I just uh, want to know what, what are those possessions? Myself? I know. Goodness <laughs> heavens. Maybe they're just like diary entries that are like, that I could, can't stand that aunt so-and-so. Yeah. What she really yeah. thinks about her family. I don't know. Exactly. Anyway. So anyway. Yeah. The larger <laughs> question, obviously, I, this is yeah. one of my favorite questions too. I just think it's really funny. Uh, but yeah. it does obviously have a serious point, and that is, what does the Bible say about the rapture? Uh, this is uh, something we see in popular culture. It's been yeah. part of uh, various books uh, back in the 70s, I think, wasn't it? The Late Great yeah. Planet Earth, and more recently, the Left Behind series of books and movies. So, uh, And yeah. Craig, this is one of your... Um, a thing, uh, one, one issue that you've written about a lot and talked about. So uh, how would you respond to this question? Yeah, I think so. Uh, in, in terms of the particular question, I think the uh, it's certainly worth planning ahead. And if you do have embarrassing things to, uh, yes, think about what you want to do with that. <laughs> Uh, that's that's rapture or not. I think that just planning is okay. It's a good idea. Um, but specifically the rapture, I think um, the rapture, it, as most people um, encounter the idea, uh, is really not a case of scripture. Uh, and most people find that odd because uh, they think, well, we just believe the Bible. Well, no, not really. Um, that the the popular notion of the rapture as it circulates, you know, today and as it has for for many years, um, was actually it's about two hundred years old. That uh, the idea that before the end of the age, um, before the great tribulation gets going, 
at the end of the age, because the age is supposed to end with, you know, in the theory, it's supposed to end with seven years of tribulation, that, that the, the faithful are going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air before the end of time. And so that, that they'll be spared the end of this. That was an idea that was actually developed by a guy named John Nelson Darby in the early 1800s. Um, that Darby was somebody who was really curious about the end of the age. And so he tried piecing together a number of different biblical passages to figure out what some kind of a scenario about the end of time. Um, now, a key piece in the whole rapture idea uh, comes from 1 Thessalonians 4, where um, where Christ returns and the, the the saints are caught, or the, the the believers are caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Now, throughout Christian history, uh, Christians have assumed that that was talking about the resurrection. I mean, it's talking about Christ returning and people being uh, both the living and the dead being you know caught you know gathered together with Christ. It was. Uh, it was really a, a scene of uh, a great resurrection and life at the end of the age. And what Darby did was he said, no, it's not. It's not the end of all things. That it's going to happen before the end. And so what Darby did was to say, well, uh, we know there's going to be seven years of tribulation at the end of the age. And he would go to Dan the book of Daniel for that. And he'd connect that with images of the beast from Revelation um, and then he'd connect that with some pieces of Jesus' warnings about the suffering at the end of the age. And he, and Darby was said, I mean, it wouldn't be fair if believers had to go through all of that. So Jesus must mean they'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air before all of that bad stuff happens. And so they'll mm -hmm. escape. And they'll be up there in heaven with Jesus while the rest of the unbelievers or the half-hearted believers or whatever are left on earth and they've got to suffer under the beast and, uh, and all of that kind of stuff. And it's, wow, really? Uh, Revelation doesn't actually include the rapture, for example. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But, Some so creative, what, so what the, creative interpretation. Right. So I think the key thing with the, with the whole idea of rapture is that you're not just believing the Bible but you're believing a certain system, theological system, that's based on piecing together a bunch of passages from the Bible, like parts of a jigsaw puzzle. That's what Hal Lindsey did in Late Great Planet Earth in the 70s. That's what uh, Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins did in Left Behind back in the 90s, early 2000s. Um, and it still circulates in many forms today. Um, but I think that's the key is that, that is there hope, um, you know, we, we, we look forward to the coming of Christ, you know, that that's sort of a, a basic uh, creedal confession, you know, in the, in the, the, the Christian creeds. Um, he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I mean, that's part of the, of the creeds. Um, but the rapture is not. And uh, that idea that, that people will be, raptured, caught up while all the rest of the sinners are left on earth to face the tribulation under the beast, that's that's really a relatively new idea uh, that was put together by John Nelson Darby and perpetuated by some of his followers ever since. Hmm. So 
so this person um, who has this friend um, with these kind of ideas, um, perhaps this person could contextualize, you know, these beliefs for the friend and say maybe something gentle, like, you know, there's, you know, more than one way to think about this and, and Hmm. you can, you know, there's faithful ways of understanding the scripture and, and not necessarily needing to be too worried about the rapture um, or trying to think, you know, um, maybe the rapture actually isn't, uh, super present in the Bible, and and maybe that means you don't have to worry so much. I don't yeah. know. It's a pretty scary concept, and I and so I can understand why why people get yeah. scared by it. Yeah, and I think I, I would even be a little more direct uh, than, than you were just mm-hmm. now, Katie. It, it's it's not really okay. you, you, know, you said the rapture is not really that apparent in the Bible. I, I would say more more bluntly, it's not there in the Bible. It's there in Darby's theory and the way he pieced mm-hmm. together uh, passages. For example, if you, if you read through uh, the left behind novels and just keep track, he'll, it's, it's, it's really like a ping. It's almost like ping pong where he'll bounce from Daniel mm-hmm. nine over to first Thessalonians four. Then he'll bop back to the rest of Daniel nine. And then he'll go to Mark or Matthew 24, and then he'll bop to 1 Corinthians 15 or whatever. I mean, he'll just bop all over the place. And you think, wow, if he gets one of those pieces out of order, the whole system's going to collapse. I mean, it's really remarkable. Mm. And so the the idea of, of, of rapture as it's popularized is really not, it, I would say it's really not biblical because it takes ideas that Paul has talked about, particularly, um, in terms of giving hope of, of resurrection and being gathered together with, with Christ at, at, the, at the great resurrection. It takes that idea and turns it into um, kind of a theology of escape. Better believe now, see, you escape mm-hmm. that last really nasty yeah. stretch at the end. Whereas as yeah. Paul and Jesus never really talked about it that way. Uh, they had more of a of a theology of perseverance, not one of escape. Is how does one live faithfully until the end? So when Jesus would you know give his admonition, you know, being faithful and watch, yeah, I mean, keep attentive, keep asking what God is up to. Um, but it was never a, a, a kind of uh, theology of escape. Well, when the disciples wanted to know um, when. <laughs> Uh, like at the beginning of Acts, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus said, that's not for you to know. It's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. He redirected them from speculation about the end to life in the present, and what does it mean to live faithfully as a witness to Christ in the present? Now, that was the key move. So yeah, there wasn't a rapture idea in that passage. That's a, that's really helpful, Craig, to talk. Yeah. That, that it's not, this idea of the rapture is not only unbiblical, it, it can be dangerous theologically or harmful theologically when it, when it um, directs us to be afraid or to, 
um, you know, look for secret signs or, or whatever, mm -hmm. instead of living faithfully now uh, and persevering. I, I think that's a really important important uh, point. I'm curious, since you're a, a, a scholar of the book of Revelation, uh, so the, you know, there's lots of numbers, there's lots of figures in Revelation. And I know some of this comes out of, uh, you know, reading that and trying to kind of decode Revelation. Yeah. What would you say to someone who's reading the book of Revelation and and I know this could be a whole other podcast, but what would you say to someone who's reading the book of Revelation and and trying to figure out, you know, what's the puzzle? When is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? That kind of thing. I think the I think the puzzle part uh, in the number part and so on, um, the, the, the numbers in Revelation are really a kind of literary structuring uh, device. It's, um, you know, there, there are sevens, a series of seven seals and seven trumpets and so on. And, and there's a lot of uh, repetition that goes on. And um, the, uh, it, it's helpful not to get caught up in all of that. It's because, precisely because of the kind of literary, uh, literary quality. And as soon as you start trying to make your way through Revelation, there's a, there is a repetitive quality in which the sun becomes dark, not once, not twice, but three. You know, It's like, well, wait a sec. If, if there's an eclipse, is this seal number one or, you know, whatever, you know, you, which, which, which plague are we at? Which chapter are we in? And it's very difficult yeah. to, uh, to correlate uh, those with any one uh, one occurrence, you know, if the sea turns to blood a couple of times, well, my goodness, okay. Um, when that happens, which which seal or trumpet or plague are you at? You know, it's um, <laughs> uh -huh. it, it really revelation is, if anything, designed to kind of pull the rug out from any uh, trying to translate it into a timeline, um, hmm. because it, it, as, soon, as soon as you see the repetitive quality to it, you realize, oh. There, there really is no way I can know if I'm at this point or this point or this point. And I think John, the writer of Revelation, is saying, yeah, you got that right. There's no way for you to know where you are on God's timeline. The whole, the whole yeah. point of Revelation is it, it kind of goes around these cycles of plagues once and twice and three times and so on. And it scrambles it up every time. And it the end, all you can say is, I don't know where I am on God's timeline, but I do know who the beginning and the end is. It's God and the Lamb are the Alpha, and God and the Lamb are the Omega. I know that all things come from God and are going to God. And so if I know who God is in Christ the Lamb, I've got a point of reference. Uh, that's where I fix my sight. Uh, and whether I'm at Seal number three or trumpet number four, whatever, in all of those spiraling visions. Um, I do know who the God is uh, who is making all things new in the end and who is the ultimate giver of life. Hmm. Amen. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think the temptation for all of us sometimes is to maybe want to have a level of control <laughs> or clarity that we just can't have. Um, right. You know, yeah. that that doesn't exist. Um, yeah. That makes it um, so we don't have to trust God quite so much. 
Right. That, so that in, in Revelation, ways, as in other parts of the New Testament, security yeah. comes not from knowing the timeline, mm-hmm. but from knowing the God yeah. to whom all of this points. Yeah. yeah. That's really the key. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Um, yeah. And so, dear listener, um, maybe share some of that with your friend. Um, and uh, and hopefully uh, your friend can... Um, you know, let go of some of the fear that she has and, and redirect that toward trust, uh, in, in the living God. Well, um, thank you so much, Craig. Thank you. That was so insightful and so helpful. Um, and thank you listeners for being with us today for this episode of the enter the Bible podcast. Uh, you can get high quality courses, commentaries, resources, videos, reflections, and more at enterthebible.org. Uh, And please be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast app and to share the podcast with a friend. Thanks for joining us.